It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. I've just got a message from Rob Page. Oh, fantastic. Wait, so ten, have yeah. they have they headed out um, yet? Or? He's what is it? I'm just looking at my points. Then hang on a minute. What's he say? Pagey, thanks, uh, Gaffer. All of a sudden, it's all real now. On the way to the airport, keep in touch. Wow. The games. Thanks again. Two o'clock. Is he on? Yeah. Well, I know how do you work that one out? You don't mind me just going to play it against him? I've got to be careful. I'm sorry and all this. That's a lot of. You've got to. Die to get three points. Welcome back, everybody, to the Die for Three Points podcast. My name is David Prutton. The main man, though, of course, the big cheese, the head honcho, the reason you're all here to listen to is, of course, Mr. Neil Warnock. Neil, very good to see you again. How are we? Yeah, very good, thank you. Yeah, it's been a bit hectic. Um, just getting ready for a couple of uh, on-the-road evenings at the weekend, you know, with Middlesbrough and Scarborough. So it's been it's been trying to get everything put in, but... Uh, a lot of talking points and uh, looking forward to it. Dave. Yes, a lot of talking points would be an understatement. Of course, there's a World Cup looming very much on the horizon. But first, the big news coming out of the last couple of days worth in the football world, of course, is Cristiano Ronaldo's interview with Piers Morgan. Now, um, to describe it, Neil, as scorched earth, would I be anywhere near what he's done to Manchester United, to his reputation as a Manchester United player? What is your take on what you've heard so far? He's not thought it out completely because if they sack him mm. for the, what he's done, which I'm, I'm sure they could do, then and the FA uphold it, then they keep his registration. Right. And then they still have to agree agree terms to to release him from another club. So it defeats the object. I think he's... He's gone in that far now. I don't think he thought he was going to get the sack. I think he thought that this might just uh, water down till after the World Cup. He's not there for a month. And then it's January coming up, the window, and he could he could get his move. But if they sack him, he can't get his move without them agreeing. And the clubs that are going to have him are going to have to pay a reasonable compensation rather than, I think he thought he was going to get a free, 
a free transfer. They'd just be glad to get rid of him. And, you know, I've, I mean, you saw, I think I, I remember seeing a quote where it said, the minute, I think Sir Alex, the minute a Man United player mm. thought he was bigger than the manager, he had to go. And that's why I find it hard. I find it hard that Sir Alex doesn't know what's going do, on. Because do, 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 Ronaldo and Sir Alex are Well, close. I mean, they, they are very tight. And, and the opinion was that when he was having half a thought when he was coming back to England about going to Manchester City, that Sir Alex said, no, that's not going to happen. You're a Manchester United legend. You come back to Manchester and you go to the red part of what this city is about. Do you, th I mean, you talk about how close they are. Is 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 there a world in which this exists where he's done this off his own back? He, he, Sir Alex Ferguson know, knows nothing about this. He's steamed into this interview. It's been set up by his people and himself. And suddenly everyone at United from the Glazers to Eric Ten Hag to Sir Alex Ferguson is looking around and they've been hit and caught completely unawares with this. Well, I can't I can't believe that uh, that certain people didn't know what was going to happen mm. with the interview. I mean, it's such a big interview. Mm. Um, I mean, R Ronaldo himself must have known what the consequences were going to be when he come out and said this. So, uh, you know, the, the contacts that he's had now and previously at Man United, I'm sure somebody will have known mm. that, uh, that he was planning to do this type of interview. I think it keeps, you know, keeps going on to the... How he loves the fans, etc. I mean, he's got to do that, hasn't he? That's yeah, but that's a PR thing, that, isn't it? it feels like. Kiss the kiss, kiss the badge, kiss the badge, and then they go off next next day. They're on flight away from yeah, home, kissing someone, um, kissing another. Over the years, I've seen some, mm. but I have seen this happen before. Not in such a you know a high profile mm. player like this, but it it has happened in the past, and I've been aware. But when I first saw it, I thought straight away. He's trying to get away from free transfer. Do, do you think, I mean, it's the magnitude of the, the situation, I think, that staggers a lot of people in football. I mean, if you look at a lot of respected journalists, I was reading Henry Winter's column, and he basically saying that he's done, a, that's Ronaldo, bridges are burnt, he's done and dusted there. Jamie Carragher was quick to comment on Twitter. He's come out and he's talked about um, Gary Neville, hasn't he, and Wayne Rooney. Um, so the sense of, of what he's done and where he's done it, it, it seems seismic is, a, is is almost an understatement to, to to describe how he's gone about what he's done because it's it's the whole institution that he's gone up against to say it's not what it was. I mean, which is fairly obvious. It isn't what it was when he left. You, you know what I mean? When Sarah Alex no, was I mean, in charge, and, and I, we, we've I, all I seen told, that with our own eyes. I could have told him that, David. Exactly. Yeah. It, it's not. Yeah. No, no, I could have told nothing. him that. I mean, yeah. I mean, Zlatan Ibrahimovic suggested something similar with regards to a drop in standards at Manchester United, but we've all seen that on the pitch. Wasn't Cristiano Ronaldo brought in to help bring them back up to where they wanted to be? And now him saying this, it almost kind of, it's pointing a finger at the problem and the problem being part of that is Ronaldo, surely. You know, I think Oli, when he signed Ronaldo, I know he'll have had advice and, and like you say, Sir Alex will have been involved as well, but... You know, I thought it was an accident waiting to mm. happen when they signed him. I mean, it it put paid to Ollie, didn't yeah. it? Ollie didn't last long after that, and uh, and then Ralph, whatever his name is, who came in after that. <laughs> you, you sound um, like Ronaldo. He said he's yeah. never heard and of him. As well. I, well, I I, I ain't got a clue who he was really either. So you know, a very um, distinguished when they, when and he reputable in coach well. on the continent. There you go. Uh, I think he's been a great oh. player, and I still don't think you can pick. Pick between him and mm. Messi. I still don't think you can pick one. He's, he's been a fantastic player. It's sad to see this happen. 
Um, but, you know, nothing surprises me in football with players. I don't think he, he doesn't appear to me to have really good people yeah. behind him. I think they could have gone about this in a different, slightly different way without guns full blazing and, and you know, and really throwing everybody in it. Um, I'm sure that Ronaldo's got some grousers. You know, when you've been a top player like him and and you're at a, you know, you go back to Man United and he might think that, you know, like all players yeah. do, I should be in There's the There's an team. ego there, isn't there? Here. I should be here, you know. Yeah, yeah. So I think he has got some grousers and I don't know about his personal life with with the, uh, the little one that was that was mm. well in the preseason. So, you know, you've got to give him a bit of slack, but it's, I just think it's a lack of class. And I've always associated Ronaldo by being classic. I think, yeah. And to me, this is a lack, a lack of class. It's not a good look, is it? I mean, just, just to round this off, we talked about Sir Alex Ferguson and whether the knowledge was there, whether the advice was there, or whether there was a, a, a sense of saying, don't do this, categorically do not do this, because it never, never ends well. Um, do you expect to hear anything from him in out in the media in the next few days, weeks, months? I don't think so. I think I think Alex has stepped out mm. of it now, only so. What what he will be doing is whatever he wants to do behind yeah. the scenes. I don't think you'll hear him publicly say anything. I think he, you know, he's true, very shrewd, Alex, isn't he? <laughs> uh, I thought it was a wonderful decision to retire when he did, because <laughs> uh, I thought they were going to, I thought they were going to blow up. So he used his experience then to get out while he yeah. could. And certainly, as you say, that that kind of benefactor that he looks like in a footballing sense with regards to what's gone has only really cemented his legacy even more, doesn't it, with how good he was, the players that he had. And then again, it goes back to that um, debate and, and, and the finger pointed specifically by Ronaldo about Manchester United not being what it was. And I think we're all <laughs> in agreement with that, whether the fans take to him when he comes back, whether there is an opportunity for the fans to take to him when he gets back. We shall soon see. And the reason that there's this patch of time, of course, is because there's a World Cup coming up. And it's a bizarre one because I'm looking out the window. Yeah. It's blowing a gale. It's been raining all day. The sky's been as grey as you could possibly not wish for. And then the next minute, we're going to be over in Qatar watching the World Cup. Are you looking forward to it? Yeah, I've got me uh, trunks out, <laughs> me, you know, and, uh, and my sun lotion. <laughs> uh, I get under the sunbed <laughs> and pretend I'm there. Uh, in fairness, Dave, I could have been there, David. I, I turned down... Um, um, oh, work, media okay. work, a couple of months ago. And um, I didn't want to go, if I'm honest. Um, I'm, I'm not a massive... Um, I do like the World yeah. Cups and I, I like competitive games, which I'm looking forward to watching mm -hmm. England. But I, di I didn't want to go... I thought there was too many things wrong over there to get my... Do you mean the, in the broader it. sense, away um, from football? So I, I just... Mm. Everything, everything. Football... All the all the things that's going on mm -hmm. in the country, all the things they don't want, and the mixing. I, I just don't. I did. It didn't sit right with me. So I thought I'm better off home, aren't I? Um, you know, d uh, doing the garden, doing the odd podcast with you, <laughs> uh, and <laughs> and enjoying myself yeah. that way. I am. I do enjoy the like I said, a competitive. Can you watch game. it as a fan? That the nation. Uh, yeah, I think so. I, I mean, I, I, as I'm watching it, I'll be looking at. Certain things I probably would have done or wouldn't do as everybody does, um, but I mean I think Gareth's done a good job with it. It's, it's ideal for Gareth because it's a young squad, and Gareth deals better with young squads. He hasn't got a Ronaldo that he's got to worry about over his yeah. shoulders 
What's he going to say to the press? What's he going to do this? You know, somebody who's one of the best players ever been in the world. He's only got young lads that want to listen to him. When he stands up and talks, they'll all be looking at him in the eyes. I remember when I went to Burton Albion, my early in my career, young manager from uh, from Gainsborough, one of my first, and I, I went in the in the dressing room, and they were internationals. I'm from Scarborough. <laughs> I played for Hartlepool and York City, and I'm going in there as manager, and I'm telling Gary Mills and uh, and and uh, the, the, about five yeah. of them uh, from Forest with Ian Story Moore. I'm telling them what I want them to do when they're all looking at the floor. You know, they're all thinking, who the bloody hell is this coming here? Now, they didn't want to see me, really. Whereas there were two young lads in the squad. I remember Clive Arthur, a young lad, and he was looking at me like that. He took every word I said, you know, and I said, look, anybody wants to leave, they can leave now. Um, you know, I realise you've been used to a certain way, but, you know, I've come into, I want to get the club up the league and I want to do well here. And if you want to join me and stay with me, then you're welcome. But if not, I want you to go. And and that's what I said. But I bet there were only two, maybe three pairs of eyes, Dave, <laughs> looking at me. And Gareth will have that. Gareth Gareth will have all those lads that's in that squad looking at him. Every word he says, which is fabulous. Because the, the thing about the games they play, the Nation League tournament, I'd rather watch Coronation <laughs> Street than watch the Nation League tournament. That would just Coronations like, League. Just like watching a preseason ah <laughs> oh, friend preseason friendlies. I used to hate him as a manager. I used to say to Mick Jones or Blackie or Ronnie Jepson, Can you take the team today? Can I have a day off? Because I hated him. Yeah. You know, you're either gonna get an, a, an injury that mm-hmm. you don't want and meaningless. But the press never make it meaningless. If you lose three games, which they did, you know, That's it's a huge, catastrophe. Isn't it? yeah. Blah blah. But when you look at yeah, you look at Gareth's record. He's the ideal one for these youngsters, uh, and uh, I hope he does well. I can't, can't really see him uh, getting to the. You know, I, I hope they get to the semi-finals, but it'll be a big. What's ass. what's them and him doing well then? How what, how do you quantify that with regards to this tournament? Where where is a success? I think I think in the in the last two tournaments that they've been in competitive tournaments, I think that they um, they were very favourable, the draws. Yes. When I saw the draws, I thought they were, I thought, wow, we've got a chance mm-hmm. here. Uh, and that's how it turned out. I'm not sure the draws are favourable here uh, to get any further than, I, I think they've got a chance in quarterfinals and I hope they get, you know, I do hope they get in the, the semi-final and give it a go. Uh, but I do think it's going to be hard. I think, I think, I think when you play the top teams in yeah. the world, when you've got a back four or five, if Gareth plays a back five like we've got, they're gonna they're gonna they're gonna cause havoc. They're gonna be some you know uh, we aren't very good at Do- the back, and it, unfortunately for Gareth, he hasn't really got a, a solution because there's nobody playing really. Is, is well. that then you believing him to be cautious when it comes to? setting his teams out. And obviously we cast our minds back to that final against Italy. And then obviously there's been games in the interim. Uh, and there was an element of being cautious because of the situation we find ourselves in very early on in such a massive game, didn't we? We So is that something, is that inherently in Gareth Southgate's management kind of MO that you've seen? Listen, you, you get killed if you're too adventurous yeah. 
and then you get killed if you're too defensive. You can't win. You know, some of the newspapers, the tabloids in particular, they'll have already written the stories on whether they've won or lost against yeah. Iran or USA or Wales. And it's one of them things. As an England manager, I think apart from the Prime Minister, I, I can't think of a worse job, mate. And and uh, they will, he will be, um, you know, I think, I think when you, the whole thing, Gareth will be pondering, you know, I mean... It, yeah, with that, I mean, the big question is is how they approach this particular World Cup with the squad that they've got and also with the starting eleven potentially. You put yours up on Twitter, which did gain a lot of traction. There were a few calls and messages to say that it'd be nice if you were jetting out to help out to make sure that they knew who to pick and where to put these players in the right positions. Heading into the first game, because there's a, that element of first impressions, there's an element of getting points on the board, how would you set this team up? I, I, I hope he goes four at the back, but, you know, uh, he does tend to want to be a little bit more defensive, only because mm. the, I think the defence, he knows it's not the strongest. So, I mean, I, I would set it up with, obviously, Pickford in goals, but I'd go with a back four of Trippier, who's as good as anything as a right back. Yeah. I'd go John Stones, mm. Harry Maguire and Shaw. I'd go with Harry yeah. Maguire because he trusts him and I'm a manager... I'd play players that I trust more than bringing somebody else in. So they would be my back four. Um, sure, you know, not I don't really see him in a back four, but he hadn't done bad in fairness to him the last yeah. few weeks. So I would start with that. I'd have Rice and Bellingham in front. Nice. Uh, and yes, Bellingham can go, um, but I would say to him to start with, you know, let go alongside with Rice. Just see, pick your time. And mm -hmm. I'd have... I'd have Mount in the hole. I'll tend to have Madison, but I think Madison will be an impact player. I think he'll yeah. be coming off the bench, Madison. So I'd play Mount there, who he trusts and done well. And I think I'd, I would play Foden, who's a bit stronger than Saka defensively. I think yeah. I would play him and I'd play Sterling. I, did, I left Sterling out of my squad originally, but that was a mistake because I forgot all about him. I am 73. Okay. <laughs> So, he, so, he, I, I, I can picture him stood at Sterling. the airport looking around thinking, wasn't I in this? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Poor old Sterling, yeah. No, I, I mean, I think he's always doing well for England, mate. He's been yeah. one of our best players. So I would start with Sterling and Mount and Kane and I'd have up my sleeve. I'm glad he's took Wilson. Yeah. Uh, I know it's disappointing for Tony, who's done well. But I think Wilson, he's got something different in him. He's on the shoulder of players. I think he could be half an hour, you know, him. And you look at your likes of Madison um, and Zaka and, and uh, you know, Grealish. We've got some right players to change a game um, once we're OK, you know. But I, I do hope yeah. he goes with a back four because if he went with a back four uh, and Rice in front, it's almost like a five if he, if, if he asks Rice to stay there. And he's a sensible lad, is Rice. Whereas I think if he starts with a back five and if he plays... You know, Dyer and Dyer and Stones and Maguire and things like that. Um, I think he's he he just a bit too defensive in his mind. Yeah, that he's not sure against an Iranian side. But I, I think he if he went four three three against the Iranians, I think he would. I think he would benefit. You know, yes, it would be um, 
there would be a chance of breaking on our back four, but we've got so much going forward. Sometimes you only look at what you can't do. It's like when you when I watch a player, sometimes you look at a player and you think what he can't do. Whereas sometimes you've just got to look at what he can do. What mm. what is he good at? And and try and develop what he's good at and not you know, I think if you said to a player what he's bad at so long, he'll believe it. Whereas, you know, I think there's a young group of players here and anything, the sky's the limit for these lads if it comes up. If Maguire gets full of it again and mm-hmm. Stones and they, they you know, they, they, they're they playing well together and they don't mess about dribbling at the back. Um, <laughs> Trippier's as good as Oates, sure. Then you get in front from the back four onwards. I think we're as good as Oates in the world, mate, uh, from the back four onwards. So you know, I am I am looking forward to it, but I just hope I, I hope he does because he thinks it might be his last tournament. Then yeah. you know, if you're gonna go out, Gareth, be positive. Try and try and you know get the best out of your lads and 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 give it a go. So that's Gareth Southgate, possibly given how long he's been in charge of England, going into what could be his last tournament. After this very short break, we're going to discuss. A player, a former player, now a current manager who's going to be tasting it for the very first time at the international level. Back in a minute. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theatres, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Welcome back to Die for Three Points. Before the break, we spoke about Cristiano Ronaldo. We spoke about Gareth Southgate and the England squad. Now another of the home nations heading out to Qatar is, of course, Wales. Their manager, Rob Page. Is a former player of yours, Neil, isn't he? Have you got any insight? Have you heard from him? Does it, is he excited? What's his feelings going into such a massive tournament for himself and, of course, Wales? I think he's just enjoying it. I, I've actually, I've actually spoke to him on the phone today on text messages, Mike. But um, yeah, I've been right since he took over. I've been messaging him, and he's a great lad. He's one of my. I've always said to you, David, that managers have players who are always on your team sheet, whatever, always seven out of 10, occasionally eight, um, very unusual to get a six. And that was Rob Page. Talked a good game, steady, took no chance. I mean, he, he'll laugh when, he'll remember if he listens to me saying, head it and kick it. You know, that's all <laughs> I want to centre off to do, head it and kick it. And he was a good, good defender and a good lad. And I think, you know, reading between the lines at, 
what is installed with them. I think it's very similar Wales squad to what the squad I had at Sheffield United. Whereas we weren't the best team, but wow, we had a great dressing room. We had a, you know, I, I see that Rob's got the new lad singing, having a song and, <laughs> you know, when they come into the squad. Yeah. And, you know, that's very similar to what we did at Sheffield and different things to get the lads together. And you look at Wales, they're like a, um, a typical English uh, league side yeah. for me. They've got the star player. They've got quality here, there and everywhere, but they've got the solidness. And and Rob was never a flair player, but I think since he took over, he's mm-hmm. brought, he took over to a difficult time with, with what happened to Ryan. Very much um, so. But I thought he handled it really well. And, and I thought that he gave Wales that stability. And I texted him as soon as he took over and I just said to him, uh, feet on the floor, you know, you know what's the the, the the pluses and minuses, who you've got to look after, who you've got to put an arm around, who you've got to give a bit of a shot at times. Yeah. And and I think he does all that. And he takes people like Gareth Bale and Alan, he takes them under his little wing and talks to them because he's not much older. And, and I think it's good that they've got that. I mean, I'll tell you what, I, I've got goose pimples now as I'm talking yeah. to you, Dave. And the, what I've got goose pimples about is I went to a rugby match at Cardiff when I was manager there. They played Australia. And when that national anthem was sang (laughs) at the stadium, I have never got goose pimples for another national anthem ever. It was unbelievable. The atmosphere that it generated, the passion, the love for the... And and that's what the the team have actually taken that on board. I mean, Mm. I remember the last time they got to the World Cup, Unfortunately for you, you weren't born. But I was still in short trousers, mate. And I remember us running to my mate's house because they'd got a black and white telly. We hadn't got yeah. a television then. And uh, I remember running to my mate's house up the road, you know, when Wales were on. And, you know, what's all, this, what's all the fuss about? And I were in short trousers. So not a pretty sight. So, uh, you know, it, it just shows you how long it is since they've been. And just getting there is a success. Mm. But I think because there's no pressure on them now, I think they could be the dark horses in the group, mate. It, it, I mean, it's certainly one to keep an eye. Just, just for historical reference, that was 1958 when they were last, <laughs> last at the World Cup. I didn't that, want to go into numbers. No, I, I just, just, just purely for factual <laughs> reasons, Neil. Just so the listeners know that we're, we're hopefully as informed as we make okay. out. Okay. But the, the point that you're making as well about being dark horses. Do we take anything from what we saw of them in Euro 2016? I, I had the pleasure of working out there. Um, for UEFA, and I, I was covering the uh, their game against Belgium with the infamous, or famous, not infamous, it was a glorious piece of skill by Hal robson Carner, wasn't it, which seemed to lift the lid off European football when we saw a Wales side do what they did and how they went about doing it. And there's a, there's a fascinating documentary that I've been working my way through, which charts the rise of John Toshat taking over, Gary Speed, and and, and how they progressed, how a corner was turned and how they've improved with that smattering of star talent that they've got. And I think you're absolutely right. That sense of them being embedded in what potentially we admire about domestic football in this country, they have trying, they've mm. given it something to, to show on the international stage. And that sounds to me like you're saying what Rob's instilled in this, because of course he has been a, a coach of the team for a long time now as the boss himself. Yeah. He and he hasn't. Uh, he hasn't. He hasn't got the. Um, he hasn't got the media 
to worry about yes. like England because mm. getting to the World Cup alone is a success. Mm-hmm. So he's, he's, in a, he's in a great position as a manager now that any success he gets is a bonus, it's a plus. And he can go there and, and lift his lads and, and let them express themselves you know, yes, he'll want to win. Yeah. Um, but these lads now, you know, and they've got some good young lads, you know, and you look mm-hmm. at Dan James and Wilson and, and people, and they've got two young lads from uh, Cardiff, yeah. Mark Harris, who I think I gave his debut to mm-hmm. when I was down there, and a lad called Colwell, who's going to be a, I think he's a good player. Yeah. Um, they've got two young lads going as well, but they've, they've got a decent, a decent squad. Um, there's no sort of, Yes, Gareth Gareth Bale will always catch the eye. I mean, what a player he's been, and and I think he, you know, deserves a lot of credit. He's he's never shirked when I talk to Rob. He's always wanted to be available. Yeah, always wanted to go to games, and uh, you know, a lot of players for international. You know, it would be easy at times uh, when it's not a very good game to sort of cry off, but he's never been like that, and I think that epitomizes the Welsh squad. So I'm I'm looking forward to them. I hope they can. Um, you know, get get uh, um, through to that next round if I can, if I'm you know with 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 uh, Iran and USA, isn't it? Yeah, and I mean it's it's always fascinating, of course, to see England and Wales go head to head in a major tournament, which again is what we saw back in Euro 2016. You mentioned Wales in 58. Let's talk uh, England in 66. Of course, we saw the Lionesses in the summer climb the mountain uh, of Europe and and bring a, a major trophy back home. It's been a longer wait, of course, for the men's team, uh, and I've referenced 1966. Just um, give us your memories of that. I'm, I'm intrigued to see how, I mean, because obviously these, these days of rolling news and 900 channels and all the rest of it, I mean, it, it was literally a couple back then, and I presume everyone on the island was watching the same thing, weren't they? Absolutely. I mean, it was unbelievable. Obviously, I was, I think, 18 then, wasn't I? And um, it was just an emotional time. I mean, it was one of those where... Where we lived in Sheffield, um, our roads were all closed. All the flags were out oh, all wow. the way. I, I call them gas lamps. You know the lights yeah, that yeah, lit yeah. up the, the, the road, the road yeah. lamps. We used to call them gas lamps. Yeah. And they, they were all the Union Jacks all the way down the road. Um, there were parties here, there and everywhere during that, in the front gardens. Um, like I say... Uh, I think, I'm not sure, I think we actually had a colour television then, David. Not me, but I think in the road. Someone on the um, street. You know, where we, yeah. yeah. <laughs> we always used to run into the houses. Um, but no, it was, a, it was a great time. You know, football was a, um, you know, it was, it was live. It was in England. Yeah. Everybody was involved. It was like a, unbelievable. And, and it does lift you. It, mm. lifts, it lifts everybody when, when everybody's together and, it was they were united everywhere you went. You walked up the road um, uh, to the main road at the top of our road, and the double decker buses, you know, from that were going into Sheffield yeah. and back. Everything was Union Jacks. <laughs> Everything was there. You know, it, it was amazing how, how uh, people were just getting behind the team, and uh, and that does help lift. And you know, I remember Nobby Styles and his little skip, and, <laughs> and dance, Alan yeah. Ball was a. Gr- <laughs> Alan Ball was a grafter. Yeah. Um, you know, so Jeff, I mean, just shows you how in football, how lucky you are in football or unlucky. Mm. Um, Jeff would never have got his chance, I don't think, if Jimmy Greaves had been that really fit thing, and sharp. Mm. And, and, and in life, 
you like that. I, I'm the same. Some of the jobs I've got, mm-hmm. uh, I've, I got jobs when others have turned them down or something like that. And I think it's a lot in fate in sport, not just in football, but in sport. Uh, there's a lot of fate and a lot of, you know, I, I, going back to my getting my Scarborough job, which I yeah. thought was the best job ever. Um, but when I left Burton Albee, you know, going for an interview at Hyde United mm-hmm. uh, and, and, and there were two of us in the interview and I didn't get the job. Yeah. Peter Ragger, a mate of mine now, he got the job. And if I'd have got that job, I probably would have finished managing five years later. Whereas I got the Scarborough job and, and that gave me everything for me progression onwards. So it is a, a little bit of fate, isn't it? What, uh, life, how life pans out in sport. It's those, sli- those sliding doors moments, aren't they? I mean, take the final itself when yeah. we've, we've since seen the game watched back and it obviously categorically crossed the line and another another linesman, another referee might have disallowed a goal that would have uh, meant that the game might have taken a different twist. We might not have been talking about Jeff Hurst as the man to score a hat-trick in a World Cup. We might not have been talking about an England side that then became world champions in 1966. So I guess what you're saying there, given the benefit of your over 40 years in management, as much as you can work day in, day out, you can get the best players, you can have the best facilities, you can have everything going for you. There is still the element of luck that you need on your side, surely, isn't there? You do. Uh, you do need it. I mean, now it's you've got VAR, so you've got a little bit. And <laughs> That's a different podcast. That's too long to fit into the end of this one. No, I know. I know. <laughs> but like the rest of the nation, we're going to be focusing on the World Cup over the next couple of weeks as well. Uh, and we'll keep everyone up to date. We'll keep you informed. We'll make sure we're going to dip in with our opinion and what we've seen from England and Wales. And all that's left is to wish Gareth Southgate and the boys all the best. And we'll speak to you very soon on the Die for Three Points podcast. Goodbye. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.